Welcome, listeners, to the Extrench. My name's Wendy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardy. Hello, Bardy. Hello, Wendy. And it's just the two of us. Does it feel does it feel lonely without Nathan? Just the two of us, Wendy. It's quite nice. Yeah, I, it makes a nice change. I think I feel like this is going to be quite a short, succinct podcast. Just uh, I don't know. Not not a great deal to talk about, but no sort of Nathan rambles. Um, about players not being positions, or um, I don't know the the state of um, English football under capitalism. Um, just just two <laughs> blokes who who want to have a little chat about the transfer targets and then move on with their lives. Put some proper football talk. That's what's going to be today. None none of this to- tactics nonsense. Going to be proper your dad comments and everything else. I'm going to have to. That just just re- made me realise I'm going to have to try and carry the. The uh, carry the can for tactics and analytics. That's going to be a struggle. Have you not heard that um, I now step into tactical analysis? That's that's oh. kind of what I do now. How could I forget? Yes, more more on that later for sure. Um, a couple of couple of quickies at the start. Firstly, uh, we reached fifteen hundred patrons in the past week, and that is a a slightly mind blowing uh, milestone to have reached. And uh, we just wanted to say we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, thanks for being an ex-sub at any point, if you have been. I mean, that is definitely the best way to support the work we do. It is essentially funding Nathan's job. This is Nathan's job now. It's producing tactical videos for the Extra Inch. And if we didn't have you guys as subscribers, that wouldn't be the case. So essentially, you make this whole thing viable. And um, we really appreciate you. We really, really appreciate you. Um, Nathan got married this past weekend, and Bardi and I were there. Bardi, rate the wedding out of ten. It was a, it was a beautiful wedding. It was really nice and relaxed. I'm one, despite the fact that I'm I'm all into flair and everything else like that. It, uh, I do like enjoy like social occasions to have a bit of structure around them. But I really enjoyed the relaxed, relaxed, relaxed atmosphere at this wedding. Mm. And um, yeah, my wife really enjoyed it as well. There was. I've never been to a wedding where there's been um, horses, badminton, and pizza. It was. Um, it was quite an occasion. When you put it that way, that there were horses and badminton, it does make Nathan sound a bit Tory, doesn't it? <laughs> it does a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, but it, it certainly wasn't. It certainly wasn't that kind of wedding. It was. It was ex- extremely chilled out um, in the best possible way. It was also incredibly hot. Um, baking hot day and um we were kind of all outside all day so we were often in direct sunlight uh so it was it was it was hot and sweaty um but uh it was full of uh twitter tactics nerds and um uh twitter faces i would say really lovely to meet joe divine and his lovely wife. Really ni- nice to meet Jonathan Shanin, who is a, a fabulous garden guardian writer. Um, Tiago was there. It was great to meet him in the flesh. 
Um, uh, John McKenzie was officiating, did a magnificent job doing that. Really, really lovely occasion. Um, Max says, rate the food at Nathan's wedding, but in the style of a tactical functions they fulfilled. The, um, um, the food was amazing, wasn't it? The food was excellent. Um, yeah, the food was really good. They also had that one of the most impressive pizza stations I've ever seen. But yeah, the the, the food was was quite incredible. Um, South Asian, South Asian fare. There was some beautiful crispy cod, some really good um, mm. butter chicken. Uh, mm. Bombay Lou was great. It was it was really nice. Um, I snuck up three times. That was that was my my tactical approach was just um, sneak in around the back at the back post and just collect as many crispy pits of cod as I could. I'll tell you what your tactical approach was. Your tactical approach was to tell the servers that you were getting food for your wife. <laughs> yeah, that was that was true. I was just like, oh, she really likes. It. I'm going to get a little bit of this for her. It was it was it was excellent. Yeah, it really was fantastic, fantastic food. And then um, yeah, the pizza in the in the evening as well, um, which went down an absolute treat. There was um, um, there was some consternation amongst amongst the uh, the proper English people amongst us when um, they were like, "You're going to have a curry," but it's like 29 degrees. People were worried, but um, they know what they're doing. A little bit of writer on that, a little bit of naan. It was great. Oh yeah, it was it was so good. Yeah, really fantastic. Fantastic food. Um, uh, Nathan also made me a strawberry daiquiri, and that was that was very pleasant. That went down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I hope Nathan and Mariam had a wonderful day. It looked like they did. Uh, they both looked amazing. They both looked incredibly happy. Nathan was obviously it's his wedding day, super emotional. The vows were beautiful and heartfelt. Um, did you tear up, Wendy? Wendy, because you have um, you have a reputation, my friend, for crying at weddings. This is true, this is true. Uh, Nathan made me cry twice, uh, but I was wearing sunglasses, so I managed to hide it quite well. Yeah, my wife was in bits. She was all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of Nathan's wedding, uh, Craig D says, do you, do you think Ange will play a different system and style against teams like City? Uh, what? I don't even get what his tweet says. So th- this is a little joke that I'm making because Nathan tweeted about his lovely wedding day and Craig replied... Do you think Andrew will play a different system of style against teams like City and against teams like Bournemouth? Maybe an extra DM against the top sides. <laughs> um, incredible energy to bring to a thread about Nathan's love for his wife. Uh, that was uh, quite an intriguing response. Uh, so let's do it. Uh, Bardi stepped into the breach this week and recorded a video about our possible, probable new goalkeeper, another Italian at Spurs, uh, signing from Empoli. Uh, Guglielmo Vicario. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, there's an interesting thing with the name. Um, people are calling him Googly Elmo, obviously. Of course. Uh, I actually work with an Italian hmm. who has the same forename, and he does pronounce all the letters. Okay. So how does he pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, so he pronounces, pronounces it Guglielmo. Guglielmo. But he says Googly, okay. which I, I was very surprised about. I was, I was ready to call him... Guillermo, um, but no, he he pronounces letters. Is, so I don't know. Maybe there's multiple ways of pronouncing it depending on the region. Is he like me? Is he is he kind of fake Italian? No, he is a, a full on Italian stallion. He's proper. He's from, he's from the boot. He's not like me, born here. Okay. Yeah, um, doing a goalkeeper video is something I've been threatening for a while. It's something I've always yeah. it's all, I've always wanted to do. I've been obsessed. I played in goal as a as a kid up until I don't know my early twenties, and I've I've always been obsessed with Tottenham goalkeepers. 
and I'm always fret- fretting over them. How are they playing? Can they stop <laughs> this? Can they stop that? And I know you you feel like you don't have a good grasp on goalkeepers. Yeah. Nathan admits kind of the same. And the fact that he was going away, I was like, okay, send me all the videos. Let me let me have a look and um see what I can see what I can bring up. Because I think I I asked not to have the save compilations because I, I just don't think you'd learn anything. He's a professional goalkeeper playing in Serie A who gets called up to the Italian national team. He can make saves. So can Gallini, so can Joe Hart, so can Gazaniga. These guys can make saves. So watching them make save after save, doesn't, we don't really learn anything. So I wanted to see him in kind of game state, under pressure and conceding goals to see if there was a pattern to, to how he conceded goals. Um, so you recorded an hour-long video, you put a lot of work into it. Uh, I've seen half of it. Uh, it's very good. There's a lot of detailed analysis in there. Um, what's the response been? <laughs> you would have think you would have thought that uh, most of Twitter and most of Reddit is um, part of the Vicario family. That they're all his, um, <laughs> his all his extended cousins or everything. Because people got kind of upset at criticizing him, and uh, yeah, it, it got quite heated. And um, people told me to stay in my lane. People um, have always said, "Oh, that's why the extra inch is the worst podcast." bit harsh you know, have... who said that i don't know i don't i don't remember hold me back party hold me back i don't rem- i don't remember their names and um <laughs> i just remember i just remember the bits they say that stick with me but i don't know who they are um yeah, yeah so that and, and, and obviously your response to that is uh don't back dune <laughs> double dune yeah um on, on twitter someone said um this is why spurs turn to their experts in transfers and not you which was a funny thing to say, considering our transfer record in recent times. So perhaps perhaps Spurs could do worse than hiring me. Someone also said, where's my coaching badges? Um, I don't have them. And someone also said, that's why you don't coach top flight goalkeepers, which is also true. I'm too busy trying to cure cancer and to coach well-paid idiots. <laughs> so without wanting to give too much about the video mm. away, um, Blank- Blanky, who is actually one of our politest Discord users... He says, the analysis you did on Vicario was good. You mentioned that Empoli is a very poor defensive team and poor against set pieces. Could Vicario putting the ball back into play rather than letting it out for a corner be down to this? It's almost installed into him that Empoli must do everything it can to not go out. So this is um, this is a little theory going around on Twitter that um, Vicario is, is a, a parry merchant, that he loves to parry shots. And apparently so does Buffon do this as well. And I've also found out this week that, according to Twitter, the Buffon wasn't that good either. So um, Vicario parries a lot. He does do that. He doesn't seem from all the videos I saw. He doesn't grab the ball a lot. He 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 punches a lot too, right? Punches a lot. There's instances where crosses come in, and under pressure, he's opted to punch, which is a fair enough tactic if that's what you do. But I do. I don't think any goalkeeper would purposely parry back into danger rather than parry away from a corner. Because no matter how bad pressure are at corners, which they are awful, I still think the likelihood of conceding the goal from it being parried to the side or behind is less than it being parried back into open play. And there are instances last season against Napoli away where he parried a pretty weak shot back into Ossenheim to tap in. And against one of the games we looked at in a bit more detail against Verona uh, away, he parried quite an easy shot from distance, not from short range, from distance back into um, back into play. And against Salernitana as well, he did he did the similar. So his he is a parry merchant. 
And what that does, in my opinion, is it makes it creates another phase of play. You know, in tennis, like um, Djokovic and these guys were always really good because they make you play another shot. They make you play another shot. And what he does is he gives the strikers another option or he makes his defenders have to do something else. And that, that is a problem, especially if your defenders are as bad as brushes and as like, slow on the turn. So he, he is, um, he's an OK goalkeeper. He's fine, I think. I'm not saying he's rubbish. He's definitely better than Joe Hart. He's miles better than um, Gallini. Mm. He's an OK goalkeeper who perhaps with the right coaching and a better defence around him could be a good goalkeeper. But I still think there are, there's question marks for me on his positioning. And I haven't seen enough of his ball playing because when you're playing for Brescia and the team is that bad, it's really difficult. Empoli. To, yeah, Empoli. Sorry, Empoli. It's really difficult to, to pass the ball out and build from the back mm. because they just, just can't do it. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, um, I, I, I wonder if his parrying back out will be less exposed because we'll naturally be playing a higher line. Um, than Empoli were. Yeah. So they were so deep at all times. And what they meant was when he did parry it out, there was an opposition forward there to compete for the second ball um, nearly every time. Whereas if we're playing a high line, then you'd imagine a lot of the chances we can see will be players running through, mm. perhaps by themselves. And so parrying it out won't carry as much risk. Um, so it might be mitigated in that sense. I, uh, like you said, I don't know much about goalkeepers and I, I, I'm like a lay, I'm a layman when it comes to goalkeepers, but I someone posted a clip of all of the goals he conceded last year, and so I watched that mm. to see if there was anything that scared me. And I'll be honest, there were only really a handful of goals that he conceded where I thought actually he should have done better there. Yeah. I felt like a lot of them were were really decent, crisp strikes. Like I think if someone strikes the ball hard and low and it and it goes past you or even through you, it's kind of defendable because. Like what? What you unless you've got insane reflexes to drop on it quickly? It's really hard to to stop those ones from close range. Um, and like when a ball goes through a goalkeeper's legs, it looks really bad. But it's hard. To, like when someone's striking the ball crisply from close range, it's hard to close your legs in time, isn't it? And and keep the ball out. Yeah, for sure. He's um he's not he's not an elite goalkeeper, and I I think we need to we need to... certainly not yet. No, he's not an elite goalkeeper, and. I think some of those kind of closer range shots, an elite goalkeeper saves. A few of them, I was thinking um, Hugo Lloris seven, four or five years ago, gets a hand to that and turns it away. Mm. Um, but you're right, Brescia give up a lot of chances. They give up a lot of a lot of um, close range shots. They give up a lot you of close... Saying, you keep saying Brescia. Why, why, why are you obsessed with <laughs> playing for Brescia? I don't know, I've just, got it, I've just got it in my head for Brescia. Just know. another shit Italian club. Just another shit one. So... Um, I think, um, yeah, so Empoli just keep dropping deep and they do offer up a lot of opportunities, which is why he's got such a high save percentage because he faces a lot of shots. Um, but so this is the thing. His data stacks up really, really well when compared to David Raya and Hugo Lloris, particularly Hugo Lloris for obvious reasons, hmm. who's hugely declining. Um, so w- when, you, when you look at the data um, mapped onto one of those players... Uh, Vicario looks fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And some Italian football writers and podcasters are suggesting that he is a player just about to become elite, that he's on the cusp of becoming a great goalkeeper and that if if he didn't go to Spurs this summer, then some of the really big Italian clubs would be sniffing around and, and he would surely get a move because they're saying 
you know, he was one of the top performing Italian goalkeepers in Serie A mm. um, last season. He's in the Italy squad. Um, some I read earlier, someone on Reddit had, had said that he performed better than Donnarumma last year. Yeah, we all we all saw that post. Um, he he did perform well. Inter had Inter or Milan or Juve moved on one of their first choice goalkeeper. Perhaps he would have gone there. You know, he's Italian and homegrown. The rest of it. I I hope I hope he comes to Spurs and I hope he improves um, because he seems like a nice guy and he 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 does make some good saves. But right now. If you're thinking Spurs are going to... Like, if we, if we go out and sign David Raya, or we go and sign Unai Simon, or, or Nana, or some of these guys, you're signing a number one goalkeeper who comes in. I'm your number one. This is my position now. Fraser Forster goes on the bench. But I think Vicario arrives and has to prove himself. I just don't think he comes with the kudos of being a number one goalkeeper. He's not, he's not an established guy. He, he has been linked with teams. He does show promise. but. I don't understand the kind of the excitement around him. I'm not that excited by him. You see, I'm not that excited by him, which is why I was so surprised by the um, by the reaction because I pointed out a few a few a few issues. There was there's one which perhaps is harsh, and I I admit that in the video that one on one with Liao is a difficult place to be in. This is the this is the the, the position. This is the attack that caused all the beef on on Reddit. One on one with okay. Liao is an, is a problem. Liao's chase running at you with the ball. And it's his lack of decision, his lack of presence that, that is a concern for me. He does the kind of most reactive thing. He waits for Liao to come, crunches down in a low position, and Liao just chips the ball over him. Now, the likelihood of him saving that against any top striker is really low. But I would have liked him to have made a decision. I would like him to have forced the play. If Liao goes round him, fair enough, that's what happens. If he whacks it either side, that's what happens. But come out your goal and force a de- decision to be made. Don't just get chipped kind of tamely. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely fair. Um, I mean, sometimes having low expectations around the new signing yeah. is, is quite helpful. And as we've established, he's going to be an upgrade on Hugo Lloris for sure. Uh, and it's it's a relatively cheap punt. I don't mind this move at all. I think Raya was overpriced mm-hmm. at 40 million. And I also think that if we just caved and paid the 40 million, it would have been a poor uh, message to signal at the start of our transfer window where we need to get a lot of business done. So I really don't have an issue at all with Spurs going, right, that's it. We've, we've offered our top amount for Raya. Let's move on to the next one on the list. And to be fair, they've got it done really quickly but, considering that happened. But there was something in, in what you just said, which kind of annoyed me. It's a cheap punt. I'm, I would like Spurs to move beyond cheap punts, you know? I would like them to if you if you go if you go and spend fifty million pounds, I think fifty million pounds, sixty million pounds, and you sign Onana, you've got a goalkeeper there for the next six, seven, eight years, like we did with Lloris. You've you've um you've this is how we're gonna play. We're gonna play the ball out the back. We've got a world class goalkeeper and you spend the money and that position is sewn up for, for a long time. Now we've gone with Vicario. There's a possibility here that he might not make it, he might not cut it at Spurs, it, he might not adjust and everything else. And now we're going to have to go next summer and try and find another goalkeeper, having already spent 20. Perhaps then we've got David Raya coming in. You pick him up on a free transfer next year. And then you've spent 20 million and you've got a goalkeeper for free. And maybe that's what the club are thinking. And perhaps that's a smart thing to do. But mm. um, I would like 
us to have gone out and not made a, a punt on a on a goalkeeper. The other argument is the recruitment is being data led. Um, the data guys have seen something in this goalkeeper that they think uh, has led to him being undervalued mm-hmm. by the market. They think they've got a little gem here who's under the radar. Maybe they've seen something that we haven't and they think this guy is going to be seriously good. Uh, they followed it up with scouting. They followed it up with watching video and they, they like what they see. They think the the downsides can be mitigated by the, the team structure. So, I don't know. I, I'm I'm calling it a cheap punt, but actually I'm willing to... If, if we are going for a data-led recruitment transfer window then i'm happy to put my faith in him and just see what happens i hope so i hope he turns out to be a brilliant goalkeeper and we don't have to sign another one for eight years that would be fantastic uh so buddy nathan's not here that means you can really go to town with the ag1 plug this week what you got for us i gave ag1 a try because i like to keep my energy vitamins minerals topped up but last week i had a mare windy did i tell you about it I think so. Was it goalkeeper scouting related? No, my friend. I ran out of AG1. A bit like Vicario took my eye off the ball and the fact that I was running out of AG1 sailed over my head. I needed a re-up, but I hadn't sorted out my subscription model. What followed was a week of no AG1 and it felt weird. I was lethargic. I wasn't sleeping well and I was missing my morning vigorous shake of the good stuff. Thankfully, I'm restocked again and already I feel more like myself. I'm ready to back Spurs, back my manager and my near post obsessed flappy keeper. We're in this together. Water, AG1, vitamin D and my goalkeeper Vicario. Lovely stuff. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. Science driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics and whole food source nutrients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash extra inch. That's drinkag1.com forward slash extra inch. Check it out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, aside from Vicario, there's there's plenty of other transfer stuff happening, and uh, little birdies tell me that that James Madison is a is a matter of time now, Vardy. I'm, I'm I must admit, I assumed this transfer would happen this summer, but I'm really really excited about it. I'm quite excited about it as well. I, in my head, I thought you you weren't a, a huge Madison fan. Oh no, no, I'm I'm all for this one. I feel like. It was the most obvious transfer of all time. It just seems to fit. Like Madison to Spurs just seems to work. Um, and, and to me has done for a number of years. But we, you know, we've been stripped of a lot of our flair players. And Madison is a real classy, elegant player. Scores goals, creates chances, lovely passing, fantastic set pieces, plays with a swagger. 
And I really feel like we've missed that at Spurs. I feel like maybe like since Delhi in his pomp or or Ericsson in his pomp, we've not we've not had a player quite like that. And it's going to be really nice to to have someone in our midfield just making things tick. Do you think the fact that he's not a, like a, a dribbler or he's not going to break the press with passing, is that going to cause a problem for us? Because he, he's very much a passing boy, yeah? He is, but he can dribble. He can carry the ball. I, I mean, it's not what he's known for. He's he's known for his creative passing, for sure. Um, but he, he definitely can. He can carry the ball. Um, I have absolutely no concerns about how he'll fit in I feel like he could actually probably cover three positions in the system um one of the eights or wide either side he could probably play as a false nine if 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 necessary but I don't doubt he'll ever have to play that role but um I really like him for the midfield as part of midfield three um obviously he knows a number of our players well from being in the England squad he's at peak age we should be getting his best years um and I think there's there's just so much talent there. Obviously, the price is high. He's he's homegrown. He's a Premier League proven player, so naturally it's high. Um, it's looking like something around forty million up front with various add-ons, uh, which go up to around sixty. I'm sure Spurs will probably pay it in multiple instalments as per usual. But I get you know that's what good players cost, right? Yeah, I. I like this. In a in an awful Leicester team, he was still able to put up good numbers, good assists, good goals. I think this makes sense. I'm yeah. looking forward to someone who can really whack a ball from, from distance, someone who can whip across mm. as well, take a good corner and a free kick. This is nice. This is You're right. It, it makes a lot of sense, which is um, a nice thing to have. Plus, it's quite mm. exciting at the moment. Spurs, the transfer, we're in that kind of nice transfer area where it's not too close to the start of the season, so no one's really panicking. And it's still early on enough that there's enough little rumours going around and all the mm, wannabe mm. ITKs are doing their business. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. The the um, centre-back speculation is really starting to hot up now as well. Uh, the the rumours broke last week that we were looking at Tapsoba. Everyone got very excited about that and then it quietened down a bit. And suddenly today it's uh, ramped back up again. That seems like something we're actively pursuing this week. Um, obviously, like incredibly incredibly talented on the ball like he's so calm in possession um to to the extent where he doesn't really look like a center back when he's on the ball okay. because he's he's so good uh but also like really competent defender there are some question marks over his aerial ability i think nathan thinks that the data isn't fair in that respect that he's actually better in the air than the data suggests other people i've said i've i've seen say that actually that is one area in which he's lacking but really quality elegant footballer can play right or left can play cat or dog um yeah i i really like that move because he's quite a tall chap he's um what is he 190 yeah. centimeters it says here so and his um yeah his aerials one is pretty low so how would the data misinform us there like what would what would be the reason for the data not showing up or how good he is I can only think it's something to do with his play style okay. rather um, that he, you know, some defenders like almost let strikers win the ball mm. because they know they'll win the second, they know the team will win the second ball. I'm wondering if he's like deliberately allowing that to happen. Okay. Uh, Nathan will know more because he'd have watched more tape of his, of his aerial duels to see what happens next. But that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, I, re- I really like this move. We've also this week been linked with Tosin of Fulham, um, who I've liked since he was 
a young player at Man City, um, watching him play through various England age groups. Um, I, I think he, again, really elegant player on the ball, kind of has the ability to drift past, past players and then punch balls through the lines. Mm-hmm. And that will be an incredibly useful skill to have, a centre-back that can make passes through the lines. I think he would most likely be a rotation backup player, but available on a cut price because he's approaching the end of his contract. I like that move. Uh, we've been linked with Maguire again this week and um, Bremer, uh, who I think, does he play for Juventus now? Bremer's uh, an, an incredible defender. When he left Torino for Juventus, I was very jealous because he was he was doing some some madness in um, in Serie A. He was... He was Kind of like Romero left, and then he kind of stepped into the breach as the next big, def- mm. next good defender there. So when he went to Juve, I was kind of very disappointed. Um, obviously, Juve not had a good time of it, possibly getting getting kicked out of the Conference League, and maybe Spurs get put in instead. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'd be for that signing. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mind it. He hasn't had a good year, but I wouldn't would, mind. Would be, I mean, the money being talked about for Bremer is ludicrous. Oh, they will try and milk us. And we haven't got our, our friend Fabio in there cooking the books either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Bubble Wrap says, taking into account our current stable of centre-backs, is it more important for an Ange centre-back to be comfortable with a high line or a really high level of comfort on the ball? And um, I feel like this is something people are talking about an awful lot. And I think, personally, I think as long as one of your centre-backs is really good on the turn and really quick at running back towards his own goal, I think you're fine. Mm. Like, you know, we played an exceptionally high line with Jan Vertonghen, the centre-back, for a couple of years and we were fabulous. And he is really slow on the turn and really slow running back to, towards his own goal. And it wasn't a problem. Occasionally it would cause an issue, but Alderweireld would be there mopping things up and he's not even the quickest. You know, so I, I just don't see it becoming a huge problem. I, th- I do think it's slightly overstated. Naturally, if you could have all the attributes, you want all the attributes, but that costs that costs lots of money. Um, do you, do you, do you care too much? Are you, are you concerned about having recovery pace? I mean, Davinson is good in the high line. He plays the high line nicely, but he's terrible on the ball. So that's kind of I think that's what we're looking at right now. We're not going to go out and sign. I don't know, like a, like a Rio Ferdinand, someone who could do everything. Um, mm. So I think it. I think they need to be comfort on the ball. I think right now is is more important than being able to turn and run backwards. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about briefly is uh, Nathan's quite incredible take on Pedro Porro. Have you seen this? I I was reading it in the running order. He's um he's, he's got quite a take on this. You should post it and read yeah. it. And see what they think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Nathan, who's who's going on a hol- on a honeymoon, indeed. Uh, so shouldn't be on Twitter anyway. But uh, he he'd done a thread about Pedro Porro and what position he might fit. But uh, he he said so. It turns out we wouldn't even need to sell him. We can still just not buy his contract. I want to be clear that I think he's an extremely talented player. But in my opinion, it would be a mistake to not send him back to Sporting. For further clarification on my Porro take, I see two issues. One, Porro doesn't fit naturally to, to any role in Angie's 4-3-3. Two, between Son, Kudu and Porro, we have three good dribblers, but zero great dribblers. Only the two issues in combination is enough for me to want to move him on. 
Um, so this is this is after reports today from Alistair, I believe, Alistair Gold, that uh, essentially it's not a done deal that Spurs and Sporting, Spurs or Sporting would have to trigger the permanent transfer before July, that Spurs could say, no, we don't want to do that, and that presumably Sporting would want to keep him as well, so would not trigger it, unless they're desperate for the 40 million we do. Um, Voodoo Chopsticks on the back of this said, would you guys pay three million to Sporting to not have to make Porro's move permanent? What are you thinking, Bardi? I quite like Pedro Porro, but maybe that was because the towards the end of the season it was so miserable. I enjoyed his kind of oomph and I enjoyed how he played and his positivity. He scored a couple of goals, crossed a, uh, a couple of nice assists. So I I actually enjoyed him, but maybe that's um, maybe that's kind of tainting my opinion of it because he was so good in the darkness. Um, I don't know. I have hope. I have a hope for him that he could play, but maybe, maybe getting rid and paying three million pounds to send him back would be the wise option. It seems strange to think that after after the the, the saga to try and get him at the club just to just to bin him off immediately was seems a bit funny. But perhaps, perhaps, perhaps he won't work. So the way I look at it is is firstly I don't even know if this is feasible. I mean we're speculating based on this transfer deal, which isn't completely clear to someone who doesn't read transfer contracts in uh, on a regular basis. Um, secondly, you know maybe Pedro Porro wouldn't be the 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 player we'd identify, knowing what we know now that we've got. Ange in place yeah. and I think that is fine to say that you know there, there are probably other right backs better suited to his system but now we have got Pedro Porro in the squad and he's shown that he's really really good at some stuff I just think with a coach like Postacoglu who coaches players who wants to improve players in particular aspects of their play let's let him work with him and see what happens I, I you know I believe that he can do something with him. And I think I do also think this um this idea about the the inverted fullbacks has become somewhat um what's the word? single minded. Like there's this yeah. thought that, that all they do is is just sit inside and, and do this like simple passing game. And actually when I looked at the data, Celtics fullbacks, so Ralston their right back and Bernabe, one of their left backs, were third and fourth in the squad for crosses per game last season and Ralston is third for key passes per game in the whole squad, including, um, you know, really good creative passes. So that's good, right? Porro's incredibly good at crossing. He's incredibly good at final third key passes. So that's, you know, you know, if, if the, if the right back is creating that much for Celtic, then presumably Porro can do the same for us. And I, I just like to think that he can be coached to fit the system and then we get the upside of his on-the-ball ability too. Um, I appreciate having watched Pedro Porro that he is relentless and he just wants to pay, play the final ball all the time and he won't be able to do that. Sometimes he will have to play the percentage passes, but you know, he's 23 years, 23 years old. I think, he can, I think he can do that. I think there's time for him. I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, so I would absolutely not pay three minutes sporting to cancel that move. I would pay the 40 million, trigger it instantly, keep him, see what happens with Ange. And if it doesn't work out next summer, then sell him probably for the same amount we paid for him because he's really, really good. Fine. You won me over. Keep the, keep yeah. the three million, get Pedro in. 
I mean, the other thing is he's really good fun. Mm, we don't know is. many players who who are as fun as as Pedro Porro. He's great to watch. Really lifts the crowd. Um, he sets the tempo on the pitch. We don't have many players that do that. That's really helpful. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching him. I think he's exceptionally creative, and and that's going to be a, a, a useful thing. Great. So let's do one more, and then we'll we'll sign off. So this is from Dave Cash. He says, with the news that uh, Greta Steinson is leaving, what does that say about the structure Paratici put in place? I seem to remember there being reporting that there was friction between Steinson and Gabonini. So do you think this is just a power struggle are we, or are we planning further restructuring of the scouting and recruitment? And from what we know about Munn, doesn't it seem odd for him to take on Steinson's duties? I mean, I, I'd certainly I'd start by saying it doesn't seem that odd for Munn to take on Steinson's duties because that's common in organisations when someone leaves that the person senior to them um, picks up tasks even if they're not specialists in those tasks until the next person is in place. So I think that's... I think that's probably fine, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think that's concerning. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's natural that the guy that Paratici brought in has now left because Paratici's left. Maybe there are too many cooks. Uh, let's see what Scott Munn wants to do. He he has run... Um, administrative administrative structures for several clubs and that seems to be his strength he will know what structures work at football clubs let's let's give him a chance to 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 make it work at spurs so gabonini's uh, gone that's it he's done is that is no he gabonini's uh still at spurs and is getting rave reviews okay yeah yeah um but apparently he's a big character himself. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of a Marmite character. Okay. Uh, and maybe Steinson, who's also a supposedly a big character, didn't necessarily see eye to eye from some of the reports uh, okay. with Gavanini. Yeah. And obviously Gavanini seems to be doing really well. So the one to make way perhaps is, is Steinson. Maybe it's as simple as that personality clash. But I do think more likely that He's Paratici's guy. Paratici's gone, so his guy's gone too. Yeah, get him uh, out. I, I, I don't think there's a big drama there. Get him out. Keep. Uh, I like Gabonini. I like. I just like his name. Keep him. Keep him in charge. I, I did think because I was sure the other day there was um, Ali G was talking about him bigging him up. So I was like, oh, okay, then um, it's good now. Thought, thought you said he'd gone. So Steinerson out. Gabonini in. Good. <laughs> More Italians. More Italians. Italian goalkeeper, Italian, more Italians. Just don't put them in like positions of too much power because then they'll just lose their mind and start swearing at everybody. So let's just keep <laughs> keep them on the second run. Is that advice that I should take about you, buddy? <laughs> yeah, what I do, I just let them row. That's what they're doing. So I'm just rowing with them. You tell me where to, you tell me where to push the boat and I'll push it. Yeah, lovely stuff. Um, so. This podcast will have been produced by our guest producer, Jeff Nellison. So very thank you very much to Jeff for stepping in um, with Nathan being away on on honeymoon. Um, there'll be one more pod produced by Jeff. And we hope to have Chris Summersell with us next week, which will be nice. Uh, a, a second tactics guy. Uh, Who was also at the wedding. data nerd. Who was also at the yeah, wedding. Lovely, we didn't mention him. 
I didn't know. I mean, I take Chris for granted. I'm so used to seeing him, and he's he's such a lovely man. I I really enjoy his company. Uh, yeah, it was great to see Chris and uh, and give him a hug. I normally I'm looking at him across the screen like this when we're recording straight off the training ground. But yeah, lovely, lovely to see him on the flesh. So we'll be back with Chris next week. And apologies if this pod is late this week. That is nothing to do with Nathan or Jeff or Bardi. It's all me. I've been on a away day at work, and uh, we're recording at nine o'clock at night much later than usual so that's why this is late you have been listening to the extra inch with me windy my sidekick and best friend barney and our tactics guy if you like this there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash the extra inch production is by nathan a clark our logo artwork and website are designed by Trayton miller our music is by david lindmer you can find him on instagram at david lindmer do check him out he's great follow us on twitter and facebook at the extra inch email us at podcast at the extra inch subscribe leave us a rating and a review and most importantly be sure to tell all of your spurs friends shout out to the x sub we love every single last one of you and of course come on you spurs Thank you.